Hi, I'm your host, Amy Frina. For over 30 years, Care Credit has been enabling people just like you to get the care, procedure, or surgery they want or need when they want it. Behind the thousands of amazing testimonials we receive from our cardholders are the dedicated providers and healthcare workers who make these stories possible. In this series, we are giving you exclusive access to these well-respected and renowned care experts who are all part of our Care Credit Network and asking them to share the information and answers you need to make informed decisions about your health, wellness, and personal care. And joining us to provide expert insight is Dr. Josh Waltzman. Dr. Waltzman is a board-certified plastic surgeon who graduated magna cum laude from USC and then attended the University of California Irvine School of Medicine. Following his residency, Dr. Waltzman acquired additional subspecialty training by completing an advanced aesthetic surgery fellowship at the internationally renowned Cleveland Clinic, where he fine-tuned his surgical skills and cosmetic surgery of the face, breast, and body with an emphasis on facial rejuvenation. Hi, I'm Amy. Thank you for joining us. We are live in studio today with Dr. Waltzman, who's going to tell us a little bit about tummy tucks. How are you today? Great. How are you? I'm good. So we're going to break the ice with some fun questions I'd like to ask you. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So if you could not be a plastic surgeon, what would you be? I would be a band director. Band director? <laughs> it's like the most random answer in the world. No, we love it. No, I, Why? I really enjoyed music growing up, uh -huh. and I like teaching, which I still like to do as a plastic surgeon. Okay. And music and band was one of my, my highlights from growing up, and I would totally just be a band director okay. uh, in high school. Um, maybe when you retire. Who knows? There's options. There's options now. <laughs> what is the best advice you've ever received? Mm. Um, the best advice I have received... I think that if you if you do the right thing and you and you do good work and treat people the way they want to be treated and fairly, the success will come. And that's really as simple as it is. I like that. Yeah. What about your favorite food? I really enjoy a good steak. Okay. Just keep it classy. Just a, a nice New York strip steak. That you make or that you get out somewhere? Uh, I would probably get out somewhere. Although okay. I do like barbecuing, but probably okay. somewhere I would get something I would get out. Okay. I don't blame it. It's easier that way. Yep. Uh, who is someone that you admire and why? Mm, I admire uh, a lot my some of my teachers in training, uh -huh. um, specifically my, my fellowship director, mm -hmm. uh, just in his appreciation for anatomy and teaching yes and doing good surgery and good work for people, but still remembering that, yes, this is surgery. There's a reason we're doing all these things and understanding it and teaching the fundamentals before you're actually ready to, to go out there and do the surgery. Right, well, that's interesting. Uh, what is your favorite thing to do on your days off? I really enjoy playing music. Okay. Uh, I like to sit, <laughs> sit in my office, uh -huh. and now I like to play my bass, but I also play piano a lot. Um, sometimes I'll take out my clarinet from days past and just sit there and practice for a while. It's just a great stress reliever. Kind of to piggyback that, um, do you listen to music during your surgeries? I do. You do? The same kind of music you're at home playing? Are you like... Um, <laughs> I, my music selection in the operating room, my staff knows, is all over the place. Okay. It could be from jazz to 90s hip-hop okay. to rock, classic rock. It's real. It's all over the place. Okay. It just kind of depends on the mood, on the surgery, kind of what you're feeling that day when you come in. Absolutely. So there's not like one station that that's mine. I like to. Yeah. That's good. Very good insight. <laughs> what is one thing in your life that you absolutely could not live without? Um, the piano, the guitar, and the clarinet. Right. Aside from <laughs> aside from music stuff. Uh huh. Um, my family. I mean, they're they're my support, my rock. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Uh, my wife's been with me since we were in college. Wow. And she's kind of been through me every step with me every step of the way uh-huh. from finishing college, med school, residency, fellowship, traveling all over the country. Wow. Um, and so she's really been my rock and my support through all of this. That's yeah. amazing. Good job. How many years? 14. All right. Good job. <laughs> Is there anything that you've binged watched lately? I know you're super busy, but... The last thing we binged watched was The Politician. Okay, and? It was great. Okay. Yeah, it's a little bit different, not uh, what you're expecting, uh-huh. um, but definitely worth binge watching. Okay. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your credentials before we get into all the fun questions I have prepared for you? Sure. So I am a board-certified plastic and reconstructive surgeon. Okay. Um, I went to college at USC here in Los Angeles. I then went to UC Irvine for medical school and for business school. For residency, I was at the University of Rochester in upstate New York. And then for my uh, aesthetic fellowship, I went to the Cleveland Clinic in Cleveland, Ohio for a year. Okay. And then you're back. Then I'm back. All right. Where where it all started. I don't blame you. So tell us what a tummy tuck is and why someone would have it done. A tummy tuck is a surgical procedure Mm -hmm. that really is the Cadillac operation for the front or the anterior part of the abdomen. Okay. Um, It A tummy tuck by itself does not address the sides. It doesn't address the flanks. It doesn't address the back. Mm -hmm. It's purely meant to address the front of the body. Okay. And there's two things that a tummy tuck does. One is it removes the excess skin and fat along Mm -hmm. the lower abdomen where a lot of women have trouble. Okay. Um, And it also, number two, the really powerful part of a tummy tuck is that we do what's called a muscle plication. Okay. And so you have your your rectus muscles or your six-pack muscles that run straight down your abdomen. Mm -hmm. Many women through pregnancy, childbirth, or just with aging, those muscles can kind of spread apart a little bit, and it creates what's called a diastasis or a separation in the muscles. It's not a hernia. It's it's just a separation of the fascia that holds the muscles together. And so the real powerful part of a tummy tuck is our ability to go in and placate or sew all those muscles back together. So you're tightening the core of the patient, bringing those six-pack muscles back together towards the center, and at the same time, flattening and strengthening their core. That's that one-two punch of tightening the muscles and removing the skin that makes the tummy tuck so great. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. Is this, though, a procedure that is good for someone who's looking to lose weight? Definitely not. Okay. Um, While there is some, obviously, some skin and fat is removed, Mm -hmm. and that does weigh something, Mm -hmm. it's usually not that much, or that a patient would get on the scale and say, wow, I'm sure glad I I did that procedure because I lost so much weight. Um, A tummy tuck falls into a category of procedures called, which is called body contouring. I tell my patients that body contouring procedures should be thought of kind of the cherry on top. Okay. You've lost weight or you've maintained weight, but you have trouble spots that you can't fix with diet and exercise alone. That's where body contouring comes in. And so it's really never, it should never be thought of as a weight loss procedure. It's a contouring procedure. Okay. So on the flip side then, who is a good candidate for a tummy tuck? So a tummy tuck candidate is going to be someone that is otherwise, um, a good candidate for surgery, because this is a major surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, it does require general anesthesia, so they have to be in um, good cardiovascular health. They have to be at or near their ideal body weight. So typically okay. that means having a BMI around 30 or less to mm-hmm. be a good candidate for tummy tuck. Um, they need to live an active, healthy lifestyle, be a non-smoker, mm-hmm. um, and want to have a flatter, tighter abdomen. What about who probably isn't the best candidate? Someone who has... Um, a large hernia, a true hernia. Um, I advise patients if they do have an abdominal hernia of some sort, it's always better to get that addressed first. Sometimes we can do it at the same time um, in fixing small hernias, but if if they have other major medical conditions or things that need surgical attention, it's better to have all that taken care of first. Okay. Someone who also is um, uh, overweight would not necessarily be a good candidate for a tummy tuck. 
There's two different types of fat, which is an interesting thing to discuss. There's mm -hmm. subcutaneous fat, which is the fat that you can actually pinch on your body. Mm -hmm. That's the fat that's treatable with a tummy tuck. Okay. Then there's fat that's called visceral fat, which is really deep inside of our bodies. It's mm -hmm. actually beneath our muscles around our intestines. The visceral fat is not treatable with surgery. The okay. only way to treat visceral fat is diet and weight loss and exercise. So if you do a tummy tuck on someone that ha has a lot of visceral fat, mm -hmm. they're not going to have a flat and tight abdomen. They're going to have a very round and tight abdomen. Mm. And so that's um, a big part of educating patients on why they are or are not a good candidate for that procedure. Okay. About how much does it typically cost? Um, a general tummy tuck probably falls within the eight to $10,000 range for most patients. Okay. That's a pretty significant chunk of money. Mm -hmm. um, so if someone at home wants this surgery and they have some money saved, but obviously not all of that. Um, what financial options are available for them? So we obviously in our office take um, multiple forms of payment, mm -hmm. one of them being patient financing. Mm -hmm. We've used care credit since we opened our office and it really allows those patients who may have some money saved up but mm -hmm. not all of it to finance that last portion and, gotcha. and help them reach their goals. Okay. So what should someone, a patient, looking for um, their surgeon to do a tummy tuck? What, the, what should they be looking for? I think first it's important to look for a board-certified plastic surgeon. Okay. Um, as I mentioned, this is a major surgical procedure. Right. <clears throat> it can have complications, and so you want to find someone who's well-trained in these types of procedures and has done multiple procedures like this. Right. Um, I think it's important to find out where the surgery is going to be done, mm -hmm. um, what kind of anesthesia they're going to be having, okay. if they're going to have a board-certified anesthesiologist working with them during the procedure, mm -hmm. um, and then to find out what the recovery is going to be like. Right. Are you going to see them once and never again? Are you going to see them for multiple weeks? weeks and see them out through the first year of recovery. Right. It's also important to ask about other adjunct procedures that can be mm -hmm. done at the same time as tummy tuck. Um, sometimes someone's a great candidate for tummy tuck, but actually they would have a fantastic result if we did a little bit of liposuction on their flanks to mm -hmm. help give them more of that hourglass figure. Gotcha. So lots of questions that can come up. Absolutely. How many surgeons do you typically suggest that a patient see before making their final choice? I think it's, it's highly patient dependent. Okay. Um, sometimes patients will come and they, they have one interview because their best friend recommended this person and, that's it. and it clicks and mm -hmm. it works for them. Other patients need to, to kind of have multiple consultations. Um, I don't recommend more than about three. Okay. I think after patients have had three consultations with three different surgeons, I think more than that starts to, uh, assuming that they're all reputable surgeons that they're talking right. with, it's, it can start to become kind of confusing sometimes, mm -hmm. especially if they start getting different recommendations from different people. Right. They may all accomplish the same goal in the end, but I think it can start to confuse patients if they start to see five, 10, 12 different consultations. Right. Absolutely. What risks should a patient know about prior to having a tummy tuck? So risks for a tummy tuck um, would be, I think there, there's some more serious risks that we talk about with tummy tuck. Mm -hmm. um, it, it does have a slightly higher rate of uh, blood clot formation in the okay. legs, which can also translate to a higher rate of blood clot in the lungs. Mm. Now, while this isn't a common complication, it's something that you definitely want to avoid. Um, it can be a serious complication if it does happen. So making sure that patients are in good health, um, that they're of appropriate weight, that um, before, before and during surgery they have these special little compression squeezer boots on their legs that help massage their legs and keep blood flow returning during the surgery to decrease their chance of having a blood clot. Gotcha. Um, we make sure that they're up and at it, moving around day one. When they get home, mm -hmm. they shouldn't just be sitting down. They need to kind of, I tell them, shuffle around your, your sofa. Mm -hmm. Even if you do one or two laps around the sofa, go to the bathroom, come back, and lay down. But you have to keep moving to minimize risks. Gotcha. Um, other risk that we talk about with patients is 
that it's a trade for an incision. Usually that incision is going to stretch from, um, from hip bone to hip bone for a full abdominoplasty or tummy tuck. Um, and that incisions take time to heal. There can be um, areas where you have decreased sensation for a while around the incision. Um, there potentially, if there was a small infection, you could have part of the incision kind of open up sometimes. Mm. It's not a common complication, but these right. are all things we talk about with patients ahead of time. Very good. Is there anything that the patient can do at home prior to um, the surgery to kind of prepare themselves physically, mentally for the procedure? I think maintaining a healthy um, and consistent weight is very important prior to this. Uh, I, I tell patients that you need to be at your ideal or what your maintainable weight is before the surgery. Okay. If you're binge dieting and doing all these rapid weight loss programs to right. get up to your surgery and then you have the surgery, it, that's, not, that's not really you. Mm -hmm. And so you're, afterwards, you're probably going to be gaining some weight back and not be completely satisfied with the results you have. Um, on the flip side, if someone really just wants to have a tummy tuck but realizes they probably need to lose about 20 pounds, I always say lose that first because if you lose that afterwards, you're going to have loose skin again and you're right. going to be back in my office talking about the same <laughs> questions again yeah. of uh -huh. how do I get rid of this loose skin and I like to avoid that, that down the road. So tell us how the procedure is performed. So a tummy tuck is a outpatient procedure, okay. meaning that the patient is dropped off at the surgery center and mm -hmm. picked up afterwards after they've, they've recovered. Okay. Um, it is under general anesthetic, so mm -hmm. the patient is not awake during this procedure. They have a board-certified anesthesiologist with them the whole time. Okay. And the surgery is performed without getting too graphic for a tummy tuck. Thank you. Um, but it's an incision that goes kind of hip bone to hip bone, mm -hmm. and it's all marked out in the pre-op area while the patient's awake. Okay. And it's then the skin flap, or the skin and the fat beneath the skin, is lifted up just above the level of the muscles. Mm -hmm. And we carry that dissection up all the way to the xiphoid, which is that little bone in between the ribs, Okay. and all, all the way up to that point, and then enough to allow the skin to be released from the underlying connective tissue. Hmm. That allows us to see the, the rectus muscles or those six-pack muscles down the right. center. At that point, we can then determine how much laxity or separation there is, and then through suturing with, with a needle and a suture material, we're able to plicate and pull those together, usually at least in one or two rows, to provide really good reinforcement of that plication. And then the excess skin can be pulled down and trimmed and then sewn back together. Typically, at some point during the surgery, the patient's actually kind of flexed at their waist, almost mm. like they're sitting in a beach chair huh. um, with their legs up a little bit and their back up a little bit, and that allows to get more skin out at the same time. Gotcha. Um, the last part that a lot of patients ask about is the belly button. Mm -hmm. Your belly button is not detached from your body. That's a common <laughs> misperception. Okay, good It's to know. still your belly button, mm -hmm. but it's just peeking out of a new hole. Gotcha. So it stays attached to you. At the end of the surgery, we, we, we determine where your belly button is or was before, and we make a little incision on the outside of the skin, and we're able to pull it through that new mm. opening. So it is wow. still your belly button. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of information. Okay, good to know. Um, about, oh, how many hours, actually, is mm -hmm. the surgery? I'm curious. Yeah, so from the time a patient goes back with the anesthesiologist to the operating room to the time they get back to the recovery room, it's typically about two and a half hours. Oh, okay. What can they um, expect to experience in recovery? In recovery, um, it, it does take a little while to wake up. Mm -hmm. We keep patients really comfortable in our surgery center areas. Um, with Because they have an IV access, we can provide a little bit of IV pain medication mm -hmm. and help keep them very comfortable. Okay. I also inject a medication called Expril, which is a 72-hour local anesthetic. So mm -hmm. most local anesthetics only last for about an hour to maybe six hours max. Okay. This special formulation lasts up to 72 hours. Wow. It's very similar to putting pain pumps in, 
without the, without the drains or the pumps. So I inject this medication into the muscle during surgery to help provide relief of pain for the muscles. Mm -hmm. And then I inject it all along the entire incision at the end of the case and around the drains. Okay. And that provides patients quite a bit of relief. It doesn't make their discomfort a zero out of 10, right. but it certainly helps. Um, you feel like you've done about a thousand crunches. Really? Okay. Yeah, okay. That, that's the closest. And what I've talked to patients, I haven't had a tummy tuck, okay. but I've talked to people who have. Uh -huh. um, and that's the closest they can describe is they've done about a thousand crunches. Uh, the muscles are tight. The muscles are sore. We have them in a compression garment. It's like a little, like an elastic binder that helps keep them real snug and tight. Mm -hmm. um, but they're able to walk. Day one, they're walking. Uh, and between um, some over-the-counter pain medication as well as some prescription pain medication and the medication I inject, mm -hmm. they do very well. Okay. Tell me about the scarring, and does it tend to fade over time? Right. So all scars are permanent. Okay. okay. We can't erase the scars, right. but all scars do fade with time. Okay. And I like to tell patients that the best way to know how you're going to scar in the future is how you've scarred in the past. Mm -hmm. So the first thing we do is look all over their body for other scars they've had, mm -hmm. not like when they fell off their bike when they were a kid, right. but any surgery that they've ever had. Gotcha. And if that person forms nice, thin, little white lines from their other surgical incisions, they're going to continue to do that. Hmm. If they form big, thick keloids all over their body, anytime they have anything performed, guess what? They're probably going to continue to do that. Okay. And so I tell them, no matter what I do, I'll do the most meticulous closure I know how to do as a plastic surgeon. After that last stitch, your own body's biology takes over. Right. And you're going to heal the way that your body is programmed to heal. Mm -hmm. Now, we have things that we include for our patients, like mm -hmm. we include a scar treatment program afterwards to help optimize their scars. Okay. And that's included for every patient. Oh, great. But it's not the magic bullet. It certainly helps. It helps right. reduce redness and some inflammation around the scar, but it doesn't make every single scar look pristine. So I tell them the best way to know is how you feel in the past. Okay. But it takes a full year. At three months, all scars look a little bit red and lumpy and bumpy, mm -hmm. and that's just how the body heals. Right. From about months, months three to 12, they really start fading away and softening for most mm. all patients. So you really have to just, time is your friend when it comes to, to scar healing. Right. About how many follow-up follow visits can a patient expect after having a tummy tuck? Yes. So I, we see them back a lot in our office after this procedure. Um, we see them back initially at about day five to seven. Okay. We check on their incisions, look at their drain output. Mm -hmm. And then I see them back weekly until their drains are out. Okay. Um, for most patients, the drains come out in one to two weeks. So we see them for the one week, the two week. And then we push it out for a few weeks, and we usually see them back at the one-month follow-up, okay. a three-month follow-up, a six-month follow-up, and then their annual follow-up. Okay. What results can a patient expect to experience from this entire procedure? So like I said, it's really a procedure for the front of the abdomen. If, if someone is concerned about the sides of their back, they're mm -hmm. going to need something else in addition to just a standard tummy tuck. Right. Um, they're going to expect a flatter, tighter abdomen. abdomen. Mm -hmm. Some patients have said, um, I have a couple in mind that I was thinking that, have, that were very active in yoga. Uh -huh. And they actually said that they felt they could engage their core better after yoga. Wow. They had had several children each, and they felt their muscles just could not be engaged. Mm -hmm. But after having a tummy tuck and pulling those muscles back to where they wanted to be, they said they were able to engage their core better during yoga. Now, I would never market this as a strengthening um, procedure, right. but certainly there are some other benefits of tightening those muscles. All right, and I'm sure the confidence uh, is insanely increased after that, and they're looking oh, good, and sure. they're feeling good. Clothing is fitting better. Mm -hmm. they're, they're holding themselves in a better way. They have better posture. They just feel more engaged in, in, in general. Gotcha. Do men get tummy tucks? They do. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a little bit of a different operation for men. Uh -huh. We're not looking to create an hourglass shape for men, so right. it's kind of a different goal. Okay. Um, but certainly men that have lost a lot of weight experience a similar 
phenomena with their muscles, mm-hmm. not because they've had children, obviously, right. but because they've had excess weight that has stretched those muscles apart, and sometimes they need that plication also, and they may have excess skin. We just don't pull as tight from the sides to create, you know, we, right. want, we want men to be more straight down instead of an hourglass shape. Right. But yes, men do as well. Okay. All right, we're going to move on to a lightning round. Okay, I've got I'm a ready. couple questions. You're ready. He's ready. Okay. So let me know what you think. Homebody or on the go? On the go. Okay. Beach or mountains? Mountains. Milk, chocolate, or dark? Dark chocolate. Yes. Book or movie? Movie. Um, dine in or take out? Mm, take out. Okay. Art gallery or a sporting event? Probably sporting event. Uh, flip-flops or tennis shoes? Tennis shoes. Sleep in or get up early? Get up early. <laughs> because you have to. <laughs> because I have to. That's but all I know. But if you didn't have to, you <laughs> Maybe still... sleep in some more okay. if I could. <laughs> all right, Dr. Waltzman, thank you so much for your time and all of your information. We appreciate it. We'll see you next time. Thank you. We learned a lot about abdominoplasty from one of the country's leading plastic surgeons. If you're considering this procedure, we hope we've provided the information you need to decide if you want to take the next step and schedule a consultation. All the healthcare experts featured recommend and accept the Care Credit credit card. Remember, Care Credit is a leading national healthcare credit card that can enable you to get many of the surgeries, procedures, and treatments you want now and pay over time with everyday promotional financing on purchases of $200 or more. Care Credit can also be used to pay for copays, coinsurance, deductibles, and your health and wellness needs. Care Credit is accepted at hundreds of thousands of locations nationwide to pay for care whenever you need and want it. If you are interested in applying for a Care Credit credit card or would like to find a provider in your area who accepts Care Credit, visit us at carecredit.com. And if you found this information valuable, please leave us a five star review on the App Store and a thumbs up and share it with a friend. I'm Amy Frena with Care Credit, and I will see you soon. Thanks for joining us on Care Experts with Care Credit. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share with friends and family. And stay tuned for new episodes every week. This content is subject to change without notice and offered for informational use only. You are urged to consult with your individual advisors with respect to any information presented. Synchrony and any of its affiliates, including Care Credit, collectively Synchrony, makes no representations or warranties regarding this content and accepts no liability for loss or harm arising from the use of information provided. All statements and opinions in Care Experts with Care Credit are the sole opinions of the guest. Your receipt of this material constitutes your acceptance of these terms and conditions.